Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK, the nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a one trillion dollar tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk/greattalent to see how you can work, live, and move to the UK. We love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's e-u-f-y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. From the Society for Nautical Research, in partnership with Lloyd's Register Foundation, I'm Sam Willis, and this is the Mariner's Mirror podcast, the world's number one podcast dedicated to all of maritime history. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mariner's Mirror podcast. Before we begin, I have a special request. A colleague of mine has just begun a timely and important project, collecting oral history from people who are unlucky enough to have been shipwrecked, but lucky enough to have survived. So, if this has happened to yourself, or you know someone to whom it has happened, who may be willing to take part, please contact us. You can send an email to forum-editor at s. NR.org.uk. And I look forward very much to hearing from you. Today we continue our fantastic new project, dramatising some of the depositions of the British Titanic Inquiry, held in London in May 1912. In the first episode, we heard from Lucy Duff Gordon. She was being cross-examined by the Solicitor General, Lucy being one of only three women called to testify at the inquiry, and astonishingly, one of only two passengers, the other being her husband. Today we change perspectives from a first-class passenger down to a lowly but very entertaining stoker. This is the deposition of Frederick Barrett. He was in one of the boiler rooms when the collision happened and described the water pouring in and he had been tasked with extinguishing a fire. So if you're interested in what happened in the bowels of the ship during the sinking, his testimony is one of the very best. Fred was born on the 10th of January 1883 in Bootle near Liverpool, the only surviving child of Henry and Mary Barrett. Little is known about his childhood. The family appears in the 1891 UK census, living at 16 Molyneux Street in Bootle. The first documented account of Fred's seafaring career shows him serving as a stoker on the Campania in 1903. In the years between this and Titanic, he'd served as a stoker or fireman on several shipping lines, including the Allen Line and the Cunard Line. During the voyage, Barrett was part of a crew tasked with putting out a fire that had begun smouldering in Stokehold 10, Boiler Room 6, on the starboard side. The damage to the bulkhead was painted over and the men went about their other duties. Barrett describes the extent of the damage during his testimony. After the collision, Fred made his way to the boat deck and lifeboat number 13, which began lowering. 
Shortly after settling in the water, the boat began to drift underneath the now lowering boat number 15. Quickly, the falls of boat 13 were cut, and with some effort, they managed to manoeuvre out from underneath the other boat. Barrett was called to testify before both the US Senate and the British Board of Trade Inquiries into the disaster. He died on the 3rd of March 1931 from tuberculosis at the age of 48 after the loss of his wife and both of his daughters to the same disease. His son Harold was just 10, left an orphan and was raised by an uncle. So now let's head to the Wreck Commissioner's Court, Scottish Drill Hall, Buckingham Gate, Westminster, in May 1912, on the third day of the inquiry. Here was a man right at the very heart of the action. His deposition was awaited with bated breath. Fred has now taken his seat and the Attorney General has risen to his feet. Is your name Frederick Barrett? Yes. Are you a fireman, a leading hand? A leading stoker. Does a stoker and a fireman mean the same thing? No. What is the difference? One is a little higher than the other. I beg your pardon, are you a leading stoker? Yes. Which was the number of your section? Number six. Is this section of yours, number six section, the former section of the ship? Yes, right forward. It is under the fore funnel, of course. It's the forward boiler. Were you on duty at the time this accident happened? Yes. Now, can you tell me where you were or what you were doing just at the time the collision happened? I was talking to the second engineer. Can you tell us where you were? I was in number 10, Stokehold. Now, just tell us what happened that you noticed. There is a clock rigged up in the stokehold and a red light goes up when the ship is supposed to stop. A white light for full speed and I think it's a blue light for slow. This red light came up. I'm a man in charge of the watch and I called out, Shut all dampers! You knew that was an order to stop the engines. It says stop. A red piece of glass and an electric light bulb inside. Shutting the dampers, I suppose, would be. To shut the wind off the fires. To shut the draught off the fires. And you gave an order, shut the dampers. Yes. Was that order obeyed? Yes. What was the next thing that happened? The crash came. We had them all shut. Where was the crash? What was it you felt or you heard or you saw? Water came pouring in, two feet above the stokehold plate. The ship's side was torn from the third stokehold to the forward end. Before you leave that, will you tell me where the water came from? It is the same thing I was upon, my lord. Now, where did the water come from? Well, out of the sea, I expect. I think your last question of mine meant the same thing, my lord. I wanted to know where it came from. Underneath or from the side or from the port side or from the starboard side. The starboard side. Can you tell us at all, compared with where you were standing, whether it came from above or below? About two feet from where I was standing. Did the water come through the side of the ship? 
Yes. Very well. The ship was torn right through here. I consulted Mr. Shepherd and Mr. Hesketh about the hole being in the bunker, and that was the farthest aft the ship was torn. This is a watertight compartment, and the ship was torn from there to there. That is in the next section. What do you call that section? Number five. Can you tell me whether the rent went further aft than that? It did not. So it got as far as that and no further? Yes. Did it come in fast? Yes. Did it come in fast enough to begin to flood the place? Yes. Then what was it that you did? Me and Mr Esker jumped into this section and the watertight compartment closed up. There were stokers working there still, firemen in number six? Yes. What happened to them? There was one of them saved. One of them was saved? Yes. Did he get through the watertight compartment with you? I could not tell you where he got to. You tell me whether that is one of the watertight doors that is worked from the bridge? It is. At the time the accident happened, it was open. You and Mr Hesketh got through in just in time and then it shut down behind you? Yes. Then when you got into the next section, number five, did you find water there? I went through this bunker here. It's a cold bunker. And then the water was rushing in. You say you went through the coal bunker, which is immediately after the watertight door which you had passed through? Yes. And did you find water coming into that bunker? Yes, pouring in the bunker. Was it coming in rapidly? Yes. And could you tell what level it was coming in? The same as the other? Two feet above the plates. And did you get into the stokehold here? We were in the stokehold. And water was coming into the stokehold? No, only into the bunker. And then what did you do when you got into number five? Mr Hesketh shouted out, All hands stand by your stations. That is for the men to stand by the fires. My station was in the next boiler room and Mr Shepherd and I went up an escape and down into the boiler room, but we could not get in. There was eight feet of water. When you came into number six, what water did you find in there? Eight feet above the plates. That is a rise of six feet since you left it? Yes. How long? It was not a quarter of an hour, just on ten minutes. When you found there were eight feet of water there, what did you do then? We came back to number five. Again, using these emergency ladders? Yes. And when you got back to number five, you and Mr Shepherd, who else did you find there? Mr Harvey and Mr Wilson. And what is their rating? I could not tell you, they're engineers, second assistant engineers. What were they doing? They were attending to the pumps. Now tell us what happened after that. We have come back to number five and you say they were attending the pumps there. What was the next thing that happened? They rang through from engine room to send all the stokers up and me to remain there. Then you and Mr Harvey were left alone in number five? And Mr Wilson and Mr Shepherd. The three engineers and you. Was it still clear of water? Yes. So, the bulkhead in front of number five was holding the water back? Yes. Now, 
What happened after that? The lights went out. The lights went out in number five? Yes. And when the lights went out, what did you do? Mr Harvey sent me up for some lamps. Did you go? I went to the top of the escape and sent two firemen. They fetched 12 to 15 back. I should like to understand about the escape. This is the escape ladder, of course. Yes. Is it an iron ladder and you climb up hand over hand? No, it's an iron ladder on a slant. It slants over the boiler. And where does it come out? Into the main alleyway. And then that runs fore and aft and you can go forward by it? Yes. You said two firemen for lamps? Yes. Is the lamp room in the forecastle? You have to go down into the engine room for them. Uh, they had to go aft? Yes, aft to the engine room. And did they get the lamps? Yes. And bring them back to you? Yes. Did you take them down to number five? Yes. And when you got back to number five, was it still clear of water or not? Still clear of water. Then, after you had looked at the boilers and found they had no water in them, what was the next order you got from Mr Harvey? To fetch some men down to keep the fires pulled. And how many men were wanted for that? I got between 15 and 20 down. There were 30 furnaces to pull. And then what was the next order? He asked me to lift the manhole plate off. When the plate is in position, was it closed? It is something you lift up to get at the valves. I don't know what valves it is. It is just like a hole in this table. You lift it off to get to the valves and turn on the pumps or something. Is it in the floor? Yes. And, and did you do that for him? Yes. That would leave a hole in the floor? Yes. And then what happened? Mr Shepherd was walking across in a hurry to do something and then fell down the hole and broke his leg. Did he not notice the manhole plate had been lifted? No. He broke his leg? Yes. How, what did you do with him? We lifted him up and carried him into the pump room, me and Mr Harvey. And then you attended to Mr Shepherd the best you could. Did you stay there after that? Just about a quarter of an hour after that. And during that quarter of an hour, did number five keep free from water? Yes. And then tell us what happened at the end of a quarter of an hour. A rush of water came through the pass, the forward end. You say that the forward end of the pass, what is the, the, the pass? This is a space between the boilers where we walk through. Do you know yourself where it was the water came from? Whether it had got through the bulkhead or not? I did not stop to look. Can you tell us, up to this time, was the ship lying on an even keel? No, she was sloping down by the head. And uh, had it been getting worse? Yes. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Before we go on, there are just two things you told us about yesterday that we want a little more information about. Now, first of all, about the lights. You told us yesterday that the electric lights went out in number five. Yes. And so, were you sent to get some lamps? Yes. Yes, when you got to the alleyway, were the electric lights burning there or had they gone out? They were burning there. And as far as you know, had the electric lights gone out elsewhere in the ship except in number five? That I cannot tell. You do not know? No. Now the other thing is, you told me yesterday that when you got into number five and the watertight doors closed behind you, you found there was some water coming into number five. Number five coal bunker. Ah, yes, the coal bunker. Is that the coal bunker immediately behind the watertight door bulkhead? Yes. And was the door a bit open? Yes. So that you could look in? Yes. Just tell us, when you did look in, what was it you saw? I saw water pouring in through the ship's side. What was done, if anything was done, about the water that was coming into the coal bunker? The engineers put pumps on, as far as I understand, but of course, I am only a stoker. I don't know what engineers' work is. But you were there, and you will help us. They succeeded in getting the water down by the pumps. As far as I was concerned, the plates never got covered while I was there. Cannot someone tell me? The engines had been stopped? There was steam. They opened the pump by the steam valve in the pump room. I think that is all I can ask him about that part, my lord. Now then, Barrett... When all that was over, you told us you came out of number five when the rush came in. Yes. And and where did you go to? Up the escape into the main alleyway. And where did you go to after that? I walked aft. Did you go up on the deck? On the saloon deck I went. Then above the saloon deck there is a shelter deck, the 
bridge deck, the promenade deck, and the boat deck. Am I right? I call the saloon deck the one under the boat deck. You got up onto the boat deck. The one underneath the boat deck. That is called the promenade deck, I think. Where the people there? I did not see any. I saw some of the stewards and there were some third-class passengers, men and women. No, 13 boat was pretty well filled when I got there. Now, you said you found stewards there and you mentioned third-class passengers. Yes. Uh, Men? Yes. Women? Women were coming up. Would that be coming out from up from steerage? Coming round from aft to forward. And moving forward? They had to go forward to get to the boats. When you say you saw them coming up, what was it they were doing? Where were they coming? They were going towards the two boats. There were only two boats left. And by this time, what was the position of the ship in the water? Her forecastle head was not under. Uh, Can you tell us a a little more closely about it? Did you notice? I noticed when I got away in the boat it was not under. Now why, why did you go to number 13? I suppose it was the only one. I took a walk along the whole deck. I made my way aft because there was no use going forward. And had you got a particular boat to which you ought to have gone? I never bothered looking. With reference to that, do the men ever bother to look at these lists that are hung up? Some do, my lord, and some do not. What do the bulk of them do? The bulk of them do not, I suppose. No, my lord. Are you able to tell us the time when you got into number 13? As a rule, a stoker never carries a watch when he's at work. I got the impression that you could for some reason. No. Now, when you got into number 13, just tell us what you found about that boat, whether she was filled or empty, uh, all, all that. She was just on getting filled. What sort of people uh, were they in her? Five-sixths were women. And, 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 and you got up to her and did more people get in? Yes, there were about three more got in and I got in and the order was given from the boat deck, let no more in that boat, the falls will break. And uh, that order was given from the deck above, I suppose? From the deck above. What happened to it after that? It was lowered away. I think Beecham told us that as it was being lowered down the side, the main discharge from the engine room threatened to swamp the boat, is that right? Yes. Uh, It was somewhere opposite the rear funnel, was it not? Yes. And then there was another boat on the starboard side still, number 15. What was happening to that at this time? It was getting lowered around 30 seconds after us. It was coming on top of us. It was coming on top of you. Just tell tell us about that shortly. Yes. When we found the discharge was coming out, we stopped lowering and all the hose was tied up in the boat. I had a knife and I cut the hose adrift and shoved two oars over the forward end to shove the lifeboat over the ship's side. We got into the water and there was a bit of a current and it drifted us under number 15 boat. And I sung out, let's go, the afterfall. Nobody seemed to realise what I was doing. I walked across the woman to cut the fall and the other fall touched my shoulder. 
And then whatever the cause you say, number 13, no, number 15, I'm sorry, was coming on top of you. Yes. Did you get clear? We just got clear. And then what happened to number 13, the boat you were in? We got our oars out. I don't see anybody that was going to take charge of the boat. The rudder was lying in the stern of the bottom, and I shipped the rudder and took charge of the boat till after the Titanic sank. And did you take charge of her after the Titanic sank? No, I gave the tiller to someone else because I was too cold. I could not feel my limbs. I only had thin gear on coming out of the fire room. Some woman put a cloak over me and I do not know what happened then. You say five, six of those in the boat were women? Yes. Were there any children? There were two. Now you've told us that you saw some third-class passengers coming up to where these boats were. As far as you know, had you got some of those third-class passengers in your boat? All the women were getting up in the boat at the last of it, and the women were there till there was no more. The men stood all in one line. When I was getting up there, I saw them standing in one line as if at attention, waiting for an order to get back in the boat against the back of the house. Was there good order on deck? Yes. Did you see who was keeping them back, if anybody was? I did not. Uh, Was there any uh, officer there? No. They were keeping good order without an officer? Yes. You say you had got about 70 people in your boat. Did you pick up anybody out of the sea or not? No. Had you any room to? No. There are two or three questions we ask everybody about these boats. I will put them to you. As far as you know... Was there any compass in this boat number 13? I did not look. At any rate, no compass was used as far as you know. The only thing I looked for was a light. Was there any light in the boat? No. Was there any water? I did not look. Biscuits? I did not look. I gather, Barrett, that really you felt the cold so much that you do not remember very much. No, I remember the ship went down. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed making it. This has been something of a mammoth task, and I must thank the people who have made it possible. First, the fabulous historian Frank McDonough, who was Fred Barrett. I'd urge you all to read as many of Frank's books as possible. They'll make you think about the 20th century in an entirely new way. His latest book, The Weimar Years, Rise and Fall, 1918 to 1933, is just out, and a fabulous read it is too. John Plews, once again, was the Attorney General. Very fine he was, too. Daniel Jameson as John Bigham, the Commissioner. Now, none of this would have been possible or practical without those researchers at the brilliant Titanic Inquiry Project, who made it possible. You can find out um, there at titanicinquiry.org. Um, those researchers are Bob Bonnell, Earl Chapman, Mike Disabato, Vera and John Gillespie, Linda Greaves, Jane Hilbert, Rob Otmers, Stuart Partridge, Marilyn Powell, Susie Powell, Park Stevenson, Bruce Trank and Bill Wormstead. Thank you all so much for your wonderful work. 
Now, please make sure you check out our fantastic YouTube channel where you can see a number of important animations concerning the Titanic. A 3D animation based on the ship's original lines and one video that looks specifically at the Titanic's safety equipment. That's a very important one. So many people focus on the disaster and they forget to look at the fact that Titanic was actually equipped with the world's latest safety equipment. Please subscribe to the podcast. We'll be releasing more testimony from the inquiry in the coming weeks. We don't want you to miss out. This podcast comes from both the Society for Nautical Research and the Lloyd's Register Foundation. Please do all you can to check out what both of those brilliant institutions are doing. You can join the Society of Nautical Research at snr.org.uk. A brilliant way not only to hear all about the maritime past from the very best in the business, but it's a brilliant way to meet people with similar interests and the Lloyd's Register Foundation's History and Education Centre are currently involved in a brilliant project called Maritime Innovation in Miniature, filming the world's best ship models with the very latest camera equipment. I can't tell you enough how exciting this is. I'm involved in it. The best way to find it is to Google Maritime Innovation in Miniature. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y dot And discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.